Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. You guys up for a toga party? Toga! Toga! I think I like the idea, Hoop. Toto? I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. It's a lie. 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 Take your sticky paws off me, you damn dirty ape. You talking to me? Anna and Sean Allen. Today we'll be uh, recording the episode for Death Becomes Her, which is a 1990-something classic. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing intro. We're totally using that one. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Hi, Anna. Oh, no, we're really using it. (laughs) You don't want to? You can. I was just uh, riffing it there, but okay. Riffing it indeed. I was doing that for you, but oh. that's fine. We can use it if you want to use it. Well, I just watched two and a half episodes of Severance. How'd you like that? I enjoyed it. I usually get like kind of anxiety lately when I'm watching stuff on my own, but that show's intriguing enough not to matter too much yeah i watched the first episode yeah yeah we didn't watch them together well because of sean's because of your uh work schedule sean and i don't have time to watch tv together anymore so (laughs) barely that's in that's been interesting because i watched the majority of what I would watch with you. Yeah. And now if I want to watch TV, it feels like a very conscious decision. <laughs> yeah. It's, but, it's unfortunate. I have um, <clears throat> my new work schedule. I don't get off till midnight. So, and now that we're doing this podcast more often. Yeah. We're, we're actually doing this at like 12, it's 12.19 right now um, because Sean just got off of work. Yeah. So. I'm sorry I started off a little bit slow. I was kind of gathering my notes up a little bit, but let's all give a round of applause to Anna for that amazing intro. I didn't know if we were recording or not. I just went <laughs> for it. It wasn't, I didn't have the script in front of me though, so I didn't know what to say. That's okay. I'll fill in the gaps once we get into it. Okay. Okay. But, so this episode's coming out just a couple days later than than normal because I decided to take a little bit more time and get the audio set up a bit better. Right. We've been, we've been a little tired this week, too, at yeah, night. It's been a long week. Yeah. Um, but tried to clean up the audio and got some new album, some new cover art. Yeah, Sean, I really like the art that you made. Glad you like the new art. Yeah, I I think it's a little more us. Yeah, we both like we really like gold. (laughs) Gold. And um, yeah, it just feels a little better. 
Um, but yeah, there's not a whole. I mean, okay, I guess. Well, when did that happen? Yeah, that just happened. We took our first uh, vacay, just the two of us, without Owen. Right. Three, yeah, three and a half years. Yeah. <laughs> that we've gone somewhere without Owen. Yeah, that was our first time. We went to the beach. It was really nice, very relaxed. Actually, we, we pretty much slept. We slept a lot. Like 70% of the time. <laughs> we didn't even go to the beach. We, we saw the ocean for we, a second. <laughs> yeah. We said hi to the ocean as we were leaving town. We, um, for context, though, it's a beach that we go to frequently. Yeah. So. But just to get away, sleep kind of recharge a little bit was nice yeah and we both had stress dreams about owen yes we did about being gone i had a dream where i saw the, the ghost of myself and had a conversation with her and she tried to lead me somewhere and it's so spooky um she wouldn't tell me who she was she just gave me a cheeky kind of look <laughs> so that was a good dream nice she was me, though. When I woke up, I was like, that was me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, events this last week, not much. I brought a shelf from upstairs to downstairs for my plants so they can have life again <laughs> Yeah, and have the light that they need. That was the main event. I got Million Dollar Baby to take our bed frame back. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. If you order from Da Vinci baby stuff and it's a headache if you need to return something yeah and we needed to return something because the product was faulty so yeah it didn't even, you couldn't even build it yeah like the thing that we bought was not a thing yeah so that was a letdown but um anyway let's anyway, let's get into the movie we're get into the movie okay yeah. now we're gonna move on to movie wiki stuff well, maybe you should say correctly what your, you know, like the normal intro stuff. I, I kind of covered in the movie wiki stuff. Oh, so okay. It works. Okay. <clears throat> so this week's movie that Anna chose is Death Becomes Her, which she mentioned. And it's a 1992 American. No, you chose this movie. I chose this movie. Yes, you That's did. That's right, because of Bruce Willis. Right. My bad. We My watched fault. this in honor of Bruce Willis. We did. And... Do you have any of the trivia about other actors who were up for the role? Yes. Okay. Well, I have and, one. And, I have one. Okay, Anna will touch on that, but I found it kind of, kind of interesting. Well, anyway, why don't you just read what you have, because that would give me... I don't have it written down. I just remember reading it. Do you remember who it was? Vaguely, no. Okay, I'll just read it then. Okay. <laughs> Death Becomes Her is a 19... Sorry, guys. ...is a 1992 American... Uh, ...set... Terrical black comedy fantasy film directed and produced by Robert Zemeckis, which was a big thing that caught my eye with this movie. Not only did we want to watch a Bruce, or did I want to watch a Bruce Willis movie because of his announcement of his retirement, but also it was a Robert Zemeckis film, and I love his films. So, you love his films. Yes. I did not love this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we'll get into that. <laughs> it was written by... Uh, David Cope and Martin Donovan. It stars Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn as rivals who fight for the affections of the same man, Bruce Willis. 
and drink a magic potion that promises eternal youth but causes unpleasant side effects. It was released on July 31st, 1992 to mixed reviews from critics. Which I, I could see that. Death Becomes Her was a commercial success, though, grossing $149 million worldwide on a $55 million budget. <laughs> I mean, for that kind of a movie, that's kind of a lot. Yeah. I don't, if that movie... Even Especially with, in the 90s. Yeah, if that movie came out today in theaters, I don't think it makes that much movie, that much money. Right. The film was a pioneer in the use of computer-generated effects. It went on to win the Academy Award for Best Visual Effects. Yeah, it beat Batman. That was one of my trivias. Was it? Yeah. Uh, it was Batman the, Forever? Yeah. No. no, Batman Returns. Batman Returns, Batman Returns yeah. yeah. The one with Penguin. Okay, Anna. It's time for... Trivia, trivia, trivia. Oh, what am I even doing here anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Anna has it. Um, all right. Normally, I try to scroll down a bit but and start from the bottom and work my way back to the top because they put the most interesting trivia first. But I'm not going to do that today because my phone's being weird and it won't let me scroll backwards for some reason. So um, here we go. Uh, this one is really funny. A pneumatic bra was built to create the effect where Meryl Streep's breasts become higher and firmer after drinking the potion, but the effect didn't look realistic enough. In order to get the shot, Streep's dresser stood behind her out of sight of the camera and pushed her breasts into position. Oh, uh, that's funny. <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, trivia, trivia, trivia. At one point... Lyle, is it Liesel or Lyle? Um, I think it's Liesel because it's the female character. It's <clears throat> Isabella Rosalini. Oh, okay. Um, she asks Madeline how old she thinks she is. Madeline answers 38 and Liesel gives her a dirty look because Isabella Ro- Rosalini, the actress, was 39 years old at the time of filming. Oh, <laughs> So that's pretty great. So that wasn't scripted then? I don't know. It doesn't say, but that's what I got from it too. Oh, okay. Um, trivia, trivia, trivia. Meryl Streep accidentally scarred Goldie Hawn's cheek with a shovel during the fight scene. Really? Yeah. She broke her face. Oh, man. It looked it look so bad too, that fight scene. Yeah, it was not worth a face scratch. No, definitely not worth a face scratch. <laughs> um... It, I felt like it was supposed to look bad, though, that part. I mean, it was just... I mean, we were seeing their shadows fight mm-hmm. for most of it. Yeah, I don't think they were too worried about the choreography. Yeah. They were probably just like, don't hurt each other. Yeah, and then they did. And then they did, yeah. Because you don't play with shovels, kids. <laughs> That's true. They should have been using props, especially for the shadows. I imagine that they, were pro- they weren't props. No, it was a real shovel. She they hit were... her face with it. Damn. Yeah. Um, this is a good one. Helen drinks the potion on October 26, 1985. You know what day that is, Sean? October 26, 1985? Mm-hmm. Is that the Back to the Future year? That is the present date in Back to the Future. Nice. Uh, which was also directed by Robert Smackis. Yes, it was. In the former mm-hmm. film, it is the day that Marty McFly went back to 1955. So it's basically saying, like, in the first movie. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. 
Trivia, trivia, trivia. Um, in a UK television interview, Meryl Streep was asked about this uncharacteristic role, and she replied that it was too original to pass up. Do okay? Hmm? Fair enough. It's a pretty original role. Okay, I mean. here's one that I noticed while we were watching it. The three main characters' names are a play on words. Madeline, Ernest, and Helen can be shortened to Madder and Hell, or Matter and Hell. Hmm. And I caught on to it because the girls call each other Mad and Hell. Yeah. Um, during the movie. Um, so when I read that, I was like, "Yep, I know." <laughs> <laughs> but you look like you didn't catch it, so I didn't catch I'm that. I'm glad no. I read it. Yeah. Trivia, trivia, trivia. Bruce Willis replaced Kevin Kline as Ernest. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. I also read that there was a couple other people like in like that they kind of wanted for it, but they didn't pan out either. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I kind of liked Bruce Willis in it, though. Yeah, like, he did great. Yeah. Um. It was it was funny though because while I was watching this, I kept thinking about Looper and like how far he's come since this movie. <laughs> Looper. I know Looper came out like ten years ago, but yeah, I really like that movie. Yeah. Um. So I just was like, this is not the same genre as anything. Um. Well, I don't think you ever really see him play. Does he really play? He doesn't play many characters that are like kind of like buffoonish. Which he is in this. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, you don't seem to play many characters like that. Yeah. If like Well, he's could... such a like he's such a confident guy, it's weird to see him in such an unconfident role. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Okay, I have a few more. Trivia, trivia, trivia. The former client, Isabella Rosalini's character, refers to when she uses the quote, I want to be, she says, I want to be alone. Uh, it's the film legend Greta Garbo, which Sean and I did not get that reference while we were watching it, so mm-hmm. I was glad that they wrote that there. I don't know who Greta Garbo is. Who is it? I don't know. Do you? No. We don't have to look I it up right now, mind. but Greta? that's something that maybe we should look into. How do you spell that? Uh, Greta. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then G-A-R-B-O. A-R-B-O. Sean's Googling her. Greta Garbo was a Swedish-American actress regarded as one of the greatest actresses to ever grace the screen. She was known for her melodramatic somber persona, her many film Just read it, Sean. characters and for the subtle, subtle and understand performances. What is she what was she in that was so like, oh my god. I've definitely heard her name before. I just didn't I haven't seen anything. This is why we do this pod, to, podcast, guys, so we have the opportunity to learn things like movies? this. Uh no I do not. She was big in the 30s, looks like. 20s and 30s. Oh, Anna Karenina. Okay. I'm kind That's of, a title that I recognize. It's kind of a, at a weird far angle for me from how I'm sitting, so I can't really see them that well. No, there's uh, there's one called The Temptress, I think, that I've heard of before. That's it. Okay. But they made it sound... So what? that was like her final 
public words or something like that? Oh, I don't... Potentially. Okay. Because it said that she was born in 1905 and died in 1990. Just two years before this movie was made. I mean, if we don't know who she is, though, she probably did stop acting. Yeah. So. Maybe that's what they... Maybe that's what she was meaning. Yeah. Okay. She had a whole life after acting. Trivia. 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 In an interview, Meryl Streep revealed that she assumed the role of Helen, Goldie Hawn's character, was meant for her, not the song and dance role of Madeline. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Which I can actually kind of see. But I'm I'm glad that she was the character that she was, though. Yeah. <clears throat> um, trivia, trivia, trivia. The song that Meryl Streep performs in the opening scene is a play by Tennessee Williams called Sweet Bird of Youth. So that's a thing. Okay. Tennessee Williams is a really famous playwright. Yeah. Heard the name. Not familiar with the work. About the same here. But at Powell's we had a whole like, you know, section of of their stuff. I don't know why that jogged my memory of something when we're at the beach. I went in, so we went out to dinner, and on the way back to where we're staying, we stopped at the store just to grab a few things. And I swear I went through a time warp. It was like an old country supermarket mm-hmm. that felt like I was in the 80s or 70s. Everything was super old school in there. And they were playing music from like the Music Man and like super classical music and everything. I don't know why that just made me think of it, but I, I didn't even tell you about it. I meant to tell you about that. That's t- funny that you mentioned The Music Man because I th- I thought of choosing that for my next movie. I didn't choose it, but... Have you seen The Music Man? No. I have. Do you like it? I was in The Music Man, Anna. Oh, yeah, that's right. You were in The Music Man. I was a member of the Barbershop Quartet. Thank you very much. Should we watch it sometime? In the... Sixth grade performance. Of the I music. feel like since you were in it, maybe we should do that movie at some point. Yeah. Um. You got more? Okay, so we covered this a little bit already, but the film won the Oscar for Best Visual Effects, defeating Batman Returns and Alien 3. Alien... Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I could see why. I, I think of this movie and I'm like, eh, but then I think of those movies and I'm like, yeah, okay. Well, I think it's more just like you look back at the, you watch this movie now and the special effects don't hold up, mm-hmm. right? But watching this in 1992 and seeing Goldie Hawn walking around with a hole through her stomach mm-hmm. and her sitting on the couch and the shovel just going right through her. Mm-hmm. That was groundbreaking. That was a mistake. How was that a mistake? I'll I'll get there, but, but it's in my trivia. Well, either way, it's just a, but like, yeah, it was good. The computer animation that they had on this movie for the time was, it was good. Probably blew some people's minds. It blew know? my mind a little bit because it was so like blah, shocking. Yeah. Um. Okay, this one's good for just as like a baseline for anyone listening who hasn't seen this movie. The film takes place over the course of 51 years from 1978 to 2029. Mm-hmm. 
um, for the 2020s, they kind of had it looked about like things look. I mean, it was very, it was a very short sequence. Right. And it was only out of like church. So. Yeah. Um, trivia, trivia, trivia. Thanks. I'm just finding my next one. Oh, I don't want to go too much into it, but there was an alternate ending for this movie, which omitted an entire character. So there was supposed to be Tracy Ullman, the actress, actor, I'm not yeah. sure. They were supposed to have like a, their, a whole character in the movie, and they completely took that character out based on uh, people's original reviews. Were they only in at the end, or were they throughout they took the whole them out. movie? They took them out. Huh. They were still in the trailer. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, trivia, trivia, trivia. Oh, this one's good. The film was originally going to be a sequel to Tales from the Crypt. The latter film was a favorite Halloween classic for director Robert Zemeckis when he was a young man. That's I've never seen Tales from the Crypt. Have you? Yeah, I've seen. I mean, Tales from the Crypt is basically just kind of like a bit more screwed up version of like a Twilight Zone or something. Mm -hmm. You know, like it was like anthology. I guess on like the shows, every episode was just one thing. That's how the Twilight Zone was. Um, and but the movies were typically anthology movies, if I remember right. How does that work? That means it'd be like it'd start off with the Crypt Keeper talking, and then he would enter. Like, they would tell a story for a third of the movie, a quarter or a third of the movie, mm -hmm. and then they go back to the Crypt Keeper and then tell another story. I'm not sure if the original Tales from the Crypt was like that, but I know some of the offshoot or later ones were. Mm. All right, I'll make this my last one. Trivia, trivia, trivia. In the scene where Helen sits down onto a shovel handle, she didn't sit in the way she was expected to, so the VFX people at Industrial Light and Magic had to morph the image to make it look like the shovel handle was going through her chest. And that, that, that wasn't planned. So it was probably one of those like happy accidents. Mm -hmm. You know? Because it looked really cool. I was like, whoa, really? They did that? Mm -hmm. For this time? Like that surprised me. Yeah, it was good. Even though you could see, you know, you could see the effects happening and stuff, but it was still pretty pretty good. Yeah. I, I will say for that part, I could not pay attention to what she was saying because she had a stick going through her. So <laughs> yeah. congratulations to the visual crew. And that ends trivia, trivia, trivia. There's a lot more on there, but I, I feel happy with that amount. Broadway, 1978. I feel transported. <laughs> <laughs> so he opened with literally doesn't it says Broadway nineteen seventy eight, right? Right. Yeah. And then it's uh uh Meryl Street doing the uh Broadway song and people are hating it. No. People are getting up and leaving. Were they? Yeah, you didn't notice that? I guess not. Yeah, people were not liking it. And so when Bruce Willis's character stands up and starts clapping like crazy, mm -hmm. you see people like looking at him. Oh. Like, what? 
Right. He says she's sensational. Sensational. And then uh, we move to the dressing Which, like, room. It's Meryl Streep. Of course she is. Everybody <laughs> knows that already. We move to the dressing room and find out that uh, that he's a big fan of hers. Right. And then we get a little bit of backstory about how he's a plastic surgeon and she's a fan of his. Right. Because apparently he has a, you know. I think she says the line like, do I need you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Goldie's character is like, oh, no. Yeah. Well, she admits that she wanted to see if he could handle the Madeline test mm-hmm. because all her boyfriends have been. She steals all her boyfriends. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because at first I thought, okay, these must be sisters because obviously they have to live each o- with each other. But no, they're just like fake friends that are rivals. Basically, yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Which for me, it's like, okay, both, you know, from the start, both these bitches be crazy. (laughs) Basically. Because I think to me, if there's somebody that bothers you that much, if, if somebody steals, you know, one boyfriend from you, then they can, whatever. If your guys are friends, fine. They steal like all your boyfriends. And obviously at this point, it's like enough that she's doing a test, then. I think it's time to like let that relationship just go. Yeah, maybe find a new circle of friends or something. Yeah, like yeah. expand your world, yeah. Goldie. Yeah, Goldie. Helen. Jeez. Helen. Get it together. Goldie Helen. But also Madeline is just like, like she lives for it. She loves it. She wants to steal the boyfriend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's Definitely. just like, uh. And then. I like the ending for that reason. Yeah. Because that's kind of the whole point. But. Yeah. We'll get there. And then we get this shot with uh, Goldie's character explaining to Bruce, like, no, she's going to take you. And he's like, you're crazy. And a fast cut to uh, to them getting married. Right. To Meryl and Bruce getting married. Right. Sean's like, oh, they got married because it happens so fast. Yeah. It's like a clip of them just like leaving the my note ceremony. Was, my note was they got married. Mm-hmm. Like an explanation point. And then. Seven years later. Seven years lady, later, Helen is a crazy cat lady watching videos of Madeline as an actress. It's like one episode where she just gets killed in the show and she's just rewinding it, watching her die. And you know that uh, that Robert Zemeckis loves his prosthetics. Yeah. <clears throat> so she's like... She, she let herself go, basically. So she's like in a big fat suit, and mm-hmm. and he like really showcases it on camera. Yeah, like she was pretty unrecognizable. Mm-hmm. It does not look like Goldie Hawn. <laughs> no. Um, and the police are knocking at her door and come to take her away to an asylum. Mm-hmm. Or what? It it ends up just looking like a regular psych ward, yeah, where my- like she's in a group and trying to get help and stuff my next two notes was she's arrested and in psych ward i wonder what they why would the police come to arrest because um the landlord was out there too and she hadn't been paying her rent okay so they're like forceful now i don't know if they would actually arrest somebody in that situation or just throw them out or whatever right she couldn't feed she couldn't pay rent because she had to feed all her cats exactly makes sense (laughs) Makes sense. But and then while we're in the psych ward, you still realize how obsessed that she is. 
Sean, what was she eating in that scene? You remember she like opened a can and was just eating white I don't know. stuff? It looked like she was just like scooping up sour cream or something. I know. It was to weird. me, my guess was yogurt. Probably. But yogurt. you don't get yogurt from a can. What do you get from a can that's in a white? It's just like white cream. Mm, cream cheese, maybe? Coconut milk? I mean, this was 1992. Everything was in cans back then. No dairy products are going to be canned. 92? Sure. No. Sure. Sean? I don't know what else it could be. I don't know either. Yogurt, Maybe that's cream the point. Cheese. Um, my, my, my bet is on cream cheese. That's gross. It did not oh. look like cream cheese. Well, I mean. Anyway. let's Ice cream? Let's move on. It, if, it seemed creamier than ice cream, though. Yeah, it seemed creamier could than cream cheese, like, too. Could it have been like a, um, like a frosting? Oh, that's that's a good guess. Maybe a frosting? Yeah, I feel like the evidence so far that we have about Helen at this moment is that it's frosting. Yeah. We go We're going to go with that. We'll go with that. Anyway, so she's obsessed with with Mad Mads. What, what what was her short name in the movie? Mad. She called her Mad. Yes. <laughs> we find out how obsessed she is with her. Basically, is what I'm saying in the psych ward. Yeah, she has not let things go at all, and she decides that she's gonna kill her, and you kind of get the gist of that. Yeah, because the 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 doctor's like, you just what does she say? You need to. <sighs> Eliminate yeah, her. Something like that. She's trying to finish her sentence and say, eliminate her from your life completely. Yeah. But all Helen is hearing is eliminate her mm-hmm. completely. Then. Over and over. Seven years later. Yeah, another seven years later. That's a 14-year gap right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, breakfast in bed. Right, Meryl Streep is now aging, mm-hmm. and her same assistant brings her breakfast. And she has her tell her, what, like she's looking younger every day or something like that? Yeah. Like she has to say that to her when she wakes her up? Yeah, it's weird. <clears throat> I was the whole time I was watching this movie. I was like, I do not want to spend time with these people. I don't want to watch this movie, like, <laughs> because they're so like just self-involved, not very good people. Mm-hmm. Even the um, surgeon, like, he's kind of redeeming because it's Bruce Willis, but he's also just like, eh, until later. Yeah. Which we're introduced. I mean, we're introduced to him at this time period now with right. him passed out, drunk. And upstairs. at this point, their marriage is done. Like he, they're still married, but he he asks the maid, no, not maid. She's in. She's like a housekeeper, house person. Yeah, house person, assistant <laughs> person. He asks her where. He asks her if it's awake. Yeah. Talking about his wife. Yeah, that was my next note. He refers to Meryl as it. Yeah. Yeah. And she she answers back, no, it's it's awake, it's taking yeah, a she, bath. <laughs> she hates her too. Yeah. You could tell that she hates her too. So 
that whole thing is kind of like setting the stage of like, okay, you don't like her. Don't like her at all. Don't like anybody, basically. And then we follow Bruce to what basically his current job is, which is dressing up dead people. Yeah, he makes them look good. So he went from like, like famous plastic surgeon, surgeon basically, to a morgue worker. Later, there's like an alluding that he had a bad surgery or something, and that's why he does this now. Really? Yeah. I didn't even pick that up. There was a hint. It was they didn't like flat out say it, but there was dialogue about it. Yeah, and then and then my next note is weird therapy place. Right, because doesn't Meryl go to the... She goes to... Weird place that we never find out what it was. Yeah, it's like... That's why I said weird therapy place. I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be some sort of like spa or... It was very creepy and the guy's eyes kept twitching. Yeah. One of his eyes was very blatantly yeah, twitching. Yeah, guy twitching eye. That's my next note, Anna. Yeah, that's how I wrote it. Guy twitching eye. His audition for this movie was just, okay, let us see you twitch one eye. Like, really obviously. Mm-hmm. And they they gave the role to this guy because he was the most uh, convincing. Well, he was the guy who gave her the card, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, for the... He gives her a card and he's like, look, I didn't tell you this, but there's a secret place that you're going to go to and... They're going to help you out because you need to look younger like me. Just that's, like him. That's basically mm-hmm. what was happening, even though he doesn't look young. Eh. But well, it's supposed to like... It doesn't the, like... The DA. idea of what the potion does is not really said. It's not... Well, she says at one point, like, you won't age another day. Mm-hmm. She says that when she's about to take it. But she actually like reverses. Right. So, yeah. It seems like from person to person, the effects vary because... They're a little vague on the magic. We see Elvis later, and he looks like he's 45, 50. It's hard to say. Yeah. Um, then we cut to the lim- when they're in the limo. And then they get... Um, I, th- I thought that they were showing up to a restaurant. I'm not sure what it is, but they're at the like book release. For some, for uh, Goldie's character, she wrote a book. Yeah, she was signing books. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, it was her event that they were showing up to. I knew that. I thought it was just like a party, though. No, I thought it was some sort of like release of a book or something. Because there's definitely a scene where she signed a book or two. Okay, that's interesting. And in here we learn the secret to uh, to Bruce's morgue business is is spray paint to make them look right he's at a he's at the bar and there's a lady kind of like hitting on him and she's like what's your secret and he's like spray paint and he tells her that he spray paints all the dead bodies no she um he worked he did like her like mom or something like that for her funeral right and so she was asking what his secret was right yeah but they were at the party together at the bar Yeah, yeah 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 And then, um, and then she gets disgusted and walks away because <clears throat> how dare you put spray paint on my mother kind of thing. Yeah. But it's also just like, and eh, like, I've heard what morticians, no, I don't, is that what their title would be? 
the people who actually dress up bodies. Yeah, I think so. I have like connections with people who do that. They're not very You have solid. connections? I know. Okay. A childhood friend of mine, uh-huh. their family was in that business. So I've heard things that they actually do and they're kind of messed up. Gotcha. So spray paint, I was like, eh, if that offends you, lady, you probably should never ever look into what they actually do ever. <laughs> yeah, for, for right? For real. Yeah. And then um, this is when we see Goldie after she's lost all the weight and taken the potion, basically. Um. This is the first time we're introduced to her. Right, but we don't know about the potion yet. No, yeah, yeah, we don't know about that. But she has taken it. We find that out later. And then my next note is Bill release. Does that make any sense to you? I feel like if you don't remember, then it probably isn't important. Bill release. What's your next note after that? Bill release. She'll never forgive her. The cat just knocked over Anna's microphone. Mainly, get down. I swear, every episode. It's just our random cat button, okay? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Push I hit the cat button. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, so, basically, what happens here is uh, Goldie's, like, talking to Meryl, and she's like, it was all his fault, blah, blah, blah. And then she gets alone with Bruce, and then she's telling Bruce, like, it's all her fault. It's not your fault at all. I don't blame you. Yeah, I mean, she's trying to stay on on Madeline's good side. But mm-hmm. really, she's going to stab her in the back. And then, um, so Meryl, she's not feeling too good about herself because of... That's fine. Sorry, the cat messed up Anna's mic, and so she's adjusting it and trying to get it sh- straightened out. I fixed it. Um, so Meryl needs to, like, she, you know, she needs, she wants to feel good about herself, so now we're introduced to her, like, lover. Whose lover? Meryl's. She oh, goes right. to that guy's house. And she has, like, a 25-year-old guy that she just goes to see, and he breaks up with her. Mm-hmm. Well, um, he, he has somebody over. He has somebody over, and he tries to deny it, and then she's like, yeah, I see her naked over there, and he's like, well, this is really your fault. Yep. Or no, he's he basically says, like, you should be thanking me. I'm doing you a favor, and she's like, some favor. It's a very bad scene. It also is a really unnecessary scene, I feel like. We, like that story I, was just a... I think this story was supposed to be what kind of pushed her over the edge. Well... You mean what? Well, well because because Bruce Willis to push her over no, the edge. No, no, no. Because then we cut to her driving all crazy in the rainstorm. Oh, right. And she's just like losing it. She's kind of just she's crying. She's swerving in and out of traffic. And right. She feels like she's lost it. Yeah. She's lost her touch. And then this is when she like, kind of like, she pulls out the card. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I'm going to go check this out now because I have nothing else to lose, basically. Right. There's a shot in here, though, where we're cut to Goldie's apartment and you see her shrine that she has, her death shrine to Meryl's character. I did not notice that either. You didn't notice that? There's a whole shrine. She's like looking in the mirror and the camera pans out and there's just like pictures oh, of Meryl I do remember all on the, the wall. Like with her eyes crossed out. And, yeah. Yeah. 
I wouldn't call that a shrine. That's more like just like psycho weird <laughs> stuff. It's her psycho shrine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we cut to Meryl going to the welcome. It's a welcoming looking giant mansion with thunder and lightning in the background. and It's actually like a pretty ritzy place on the outside. It's very big. It looks very California to me. Like and, Beverly Hills. And then my next note is the early 90s had some crazy style. That's true. The early 90s, I feel like in movies, like, I auto- my mind automatically wants to go to, like, Casper, like, the house in Casper. There were a lot of, like, curves and... A lot of curves. I'm, I'm talking about, like, architecture. A lot, a lot of pastel curves. Architecture-wise. Yeah. Are you on the same wavelength or are you talking clothes? No, I'm talking everything. Yeah, everything. But the architecture, yeah, for sure. And the furniture and that kind of stuff, too. Like, it's just all crazy. Right. It was very bold mm-hmm. and very, like, velvet sheen. Anyway. Um, and then we're introduced to the dog lady. I don't That's know my why next I said note. sheen. What is sheen? <laughs> <laughs> what is sheen? I'm a little tired. I think you're all a little tired. And then we're introduced to the dog lady, Anna. Right, the Dobermans. I forgot about them. Yeah. Basically, there's some Dobermans, and then there's a lady. And she's wearing a very pretty necklace that covers her everything. A very pretty necklace that covers her everything. It's basically a necklace that acts as a shirt. There's a a name. It's like a halter. Yeah. But it doesn't tie in the back. No. It's just, it just hangs on her. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it's called. I think it's called a halter. Okay. Um... Or a breastplate. <laughs> breastplate. <laughs> nice. I like that. That's what we're going to go with. The lady with the breastplate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we cut over to Bruce and Merrill's house where Goldie shows up to convince him. Well, at first, it just kind of looks like she's trying to seduce him or something. Right? When she first gets there, when she first gets she's there, like she's flirting, crying, and saying, "I need to talk to Madeline." Yeah, but then she loses the act and actually hits on him. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then we cut back. Isn't that the part where she says, "Like <clears throat> she she's trying to sweet talk him, kind of, and like turn him on," but she's saying like the most obvious things. Yeah, that, that was that part. Yeah. Where she's literally saying, like, sensual. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like super, like, yeah, literal stuff. And, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we're, we cut back to Meryl and we see the box. So my, no- my next note is what's in the box. Right. With ah, the onk on it. An egg. That's, yeah. That's you open name. the box and it has an egg inside from Harry Potter. And then my next note is, oh, it's just magic. Magic tonic potion. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It had layers, like an onion. Like yeah, mm-hmm. or like a Russian nesting doll. Except those are cooler. <laughs> They're cooler than that box with magical de-aging potion in it. I'm sorry, but if your t- eternal life is that package, I don't really want it. That's locked with a dagger. Right. That's a pretty sturdy lock. 
They were going for like subtle Egyptian vibes on yeah. the outside because the Ankh is the Egyptian symbol for eternal life. Um, but yeah, so there's the de-aging potion in there. And they're talking about the cost. And my next note is, what is the cost? And my next note is, owie! Right, she really, like, that <laughs> scream was convincing. Because <laughs> she just pokes her in the finger with a dagger. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, out of nowhere. And this, <laughs> the noise she makes is hilarious. It was good. It was very believable. Actually, I thought everybody's reaction when they got poked was pretty, like, spot on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then she's like, now a warning. And then she looks and goes, now a warning? (laughs) (laughs) After she's just taken the potion. (laughs) It was funny because, like, some of the acting in this movie was terrible, but there were moments like that that were just, like, real conversation. And it was. Yeah, this movie had its moments for sure. It had moments. Um, and then we, and then this is where we see her de aging in front of the mirror. Right. With that trivia that you mentioned about pushing the breasts up and stuff to make everything look perkier and whatnot. That part was so funny. Yeah, that's pretty good. And then we cut back to the other house where we see Goldie seducing him into murder. That's my next note. This is where we find out that she's like fully like, no. And then she goes into the full murder plot. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is exactly how it needs to happen. It's really funny that they go down that whole tangent, too, because the, her plan is not what ends up happening at all. Not at all. So it's just like, it's very visual, but for no reason. Yeah. And then, I made a note of this because I liked it. <clears throat> um, there's a scene where Meryl gets home. And she's walking up the stairs and the way that the camera like pans around as Bruce is watching her, like he's walking, watching her go up the stairs, but the camera's panning around. Do you remember that scene at all? Yes. It's just, I I just love the way that that particular shot was filmed. And I wanted to mention that as he's watching her go up the stairs. Okay. Um... And then he goes up there, and they start arguing. And then um, my next note is, that's some fall down the stairs. Yeah, he poked her down the stairs. It's Now, look, <clears throat> is it the most unrealistic fall that somebody would take down a flight of stairs? Yes. It also is the most violent option. Yeah, she was basically like a pile of goo at the bottom of the stairs. Right. Which wouldn't happen. It was very brutal. Yeah. She lands in a very twisted, awkward, gross position. And then he checks her pulse just in case, even though she's clearly not alive. All of her (laughs) limbs are in her head. Everything on her is facing the opposite direction or bent the opposite direction it's supposed to. Yeah. Um, And then he immediately calls Helen. Yeah. He's on the phone with Helen. And as he's on the phone with Helen... We see, blurry in the background, Madeline's body. And at first, it stays there. Mm-hmm. There's a moment where he's talking to Helen on the phone saying, Oh my God, I killed her. I pushed her down the stairs. And 
she's like, why did you call me first and not the cops? Right. They're having a whole conversation. And then we see Madeline's body start to twist and turn back into its old position, except for the head, her which head. is stuck facing mm-hmm. backwards. Her head's backwards. And That's she walks note. backwards facing yep. Bruce yep. to him. You tell it, Anna. And is standing behind him mm-hmm. with her head clearly in the wrong direction. Clear, yes. Very clear. With a very, like, prudent look on her face. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I'm not dead. And she taps him on the shoulder and he shrieks like a little girl, of course, because, like, I mean, if you saw that, that would be pretty scary. Yeah. <laughs> um. And he has to tell her, hey, your head's on backwards. Yeah, yeah. Basically. And if she fixes it, she spins it, she doesn't fix it. I actually it, think she... that might have been my favorite part of the whole movie. <laughs> that sequence? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. <laughs> well, because it was even, like, that sequence still worked, like, when they went to the hospital. Right. Right? And then, like, like the doctor's checking her out and everything, and... She can't feel anything, obviously. And he's like, yeah, this shouldn't happen. Which is funny because he's like, I'm going to go get a second opinion. Right? He leaves the room. Right. But then he just runs away. When Bruce, like after she passes out and Bruce goes out looking for a doctor, Mm -hmm. all the doctors are in a room working on him. Oh, they're working on that guy? Yeah. Yeah, they're working on the doctor. Yeah. I never noticed that. That's good. And I said, their doctor's dead. (laughs) And then uh, we cut down to the hospital morgue. No, 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 no. He says, he goes back into the room and she's gone. And then the nurse is like, oh, they moved her down to the morgue because she's dead, basically. And he's like, the morgue, she'll hate that. (laughs) And then as he's going, this part killed me too. As he's going down to the morgue, you see the, the sisters floating down the hallway right the nuns the nuns yeah they're just floating down the hallway past them that killed mm-hmm. me i thought that was hilarious i thought it was dumb really <laughs> yeah. i thought it was great but that's this movie is kind of like that it's like great in a dumb way mm-hmm. and dumb in a great way i guess <laughs> it's like painful to watch it's very 90s yeah the comedy the humor like music there's nobody to root for i think you i think they want you rooting for bruce's character right but he's so like squeamish and such a baby yeah like i have a really hard time rooting for any of them yeah um and then i guess squeamish is the wrong word he's not really squeamish he works with dead people but you know what i mean like he's just kind of um A pushover, like, the whole time. Yeah. Um, And then we cut to, or no. No, then he goes off about how it's a miracle that she's alive and it's a sign that he needs to be with her and stay with her. And... He kind of goes with it. Yeah, he goes, well, he thinks that it's like, like some like grand intervention. Right. Like, oh, this is a sign from God. Like, this is a miracle. Like, God is telling me to stay with you. 
Yeah. And he's trying to fix her up, too. And I think he sees the opportunity of, like, oh, this is how, this is my calling. This is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Um, Because he's fixing her body up. Because because she died, her body starts to, like... Yeah, she's not supposed to die. She was not supposed to die a violent death. Yeah. Um, And they even... The Liesl character, she tells her, like, be careful with this new body. And that's the warning that she mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. So since she fell down the stairs and broke her entire body, now her body is dead, but she's stuck living in it. Yes, For the rest of her life, which is eternity. She's a zombie now. Exactly. She's not exactly. She doesn't need the brains, but she's basically a zombie. Although a trivia that I skipped is that in the um, the weird therapy room, yeah, there is a brain on the table that says abnormal, Mm, and it's a Frankenstein reference. Oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, missed that one. I missed it too. I think I saw it, and my brain was like. That's supposed to be there. Yeah. So. And we have some like cut back and forth between Goldie trying to figure out what's going on. Like she's sneaking around the house and stuff. And I thought it was funny how she's like wearing like a beret. Like she's wearing all black and she's wearing a beret sneaking around, crawling on the ground, almost gets ran over by the car when he leaves. Oh, yeah. And the car like came right up to her. Mm hmm. And yeah, she tries to hide and her way of hiding is laying down in the middle of the road. <laughs> In the middle of the driveway, yeah. Like, what? It, I mean, it worked. It worked? Oh, yeah. kind of. It almost killed her, but it worked. Um, I'm just saying, like, if you're running through, if you're sneaking up to somebody's house and their car starts coming, the way to hide isn't by laying down in the middle of the driveway. That sounds like some sound logic. What, you, what she should have done is, like, hidden in the bushes or just not been there at all. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, <laughs> last thing she knew, he was telling her that he pushed her down the stairs and she was dead. Right. And then he freaked out and disconnect. The phone got the call got disconnected. Right. So she's trying to figure out what's going on. And then um, we cut to the end. Some stuff happens and we see Bruce, Bruce spray painting her, cleaning her up, making her look alive. Meryl's mm-hmm. character making her look alive. And right, then, and she's acting like she's getting her nails done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Helen shows up and she's yelling, like, where is she? We got to get rid of her. What did you do? Blah, blah, blah. Right. And then this is where things start getting a little bit more crazy. Meryl comes downstairs, ends up shooting her in the gut. I mean, there's some banter before that happens, but yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Before that happens, um, she goes and grabs a shotgun, and you see Bruce following her, and he takes a double take to the gun case. Right. That was pretty good. Yeah, he does the double take because the gun is missing. Mm-hmm. And they have a lot of guns. Yeah, they did. For living for, in Beverly Hills yeah, area. For some, for like, like, that's what it seems like. Hollywood celeb couple. Yeah. Um. But after she gets shot through the stomach, she falls into the fountain, and then they're like getting ready to like wrap her up to get rid of the body and stuff. And then this is where we find out that she took the potion too, and she gets back up. Right. She's laying in the water. It's very violent. It's very shocking. 
But then she stands up and she just has this huge hole going through her entire midriff. Mm-hmm. This is where I noted I think they have the same doctor. <laughs> <laughs> um. We didn't even talk about the way the potion looked. How it was like... Like, looked like a gas almost. Well, it was like purpley, but then the way she like stood it up on the mirror every time, I felt like that was referencing something. But I couldn't figure it out. Oh, the way that it would just like kind of like hover and spin. It's you, fun. Didn't it? Didn't, I think like, it just like stood didn't there. Didn't it just stand there? Yeah. I thought it like slowly spun a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, continue. Okay. My next note is shovel to the dome. Right. This Helen one. hit. Madeline in the head, and yeah. her head goes backwards again. It's like backwards and upside down. <laughs> it was very gross. Yeah, and then this is when they get into the the shovel fight, and Bruce is like, "I'm done with this." He heads upstairs. Right, he's going upstairs to like pack at this point because he's like, "These broads be crazy." Yeah, and then um, this part is where we learn why they have beef with each other i feel like we learned that in the beginning no this is when we learn like like the reason why meryl's character takes off her Oh right they start talking about all their childhood stuff yeah i forgot about that yeah um basically they've been rivals their entire lives because they wanted to be friends but neither of them could like do that well from the sound of it is because Meryl's character was poor and Goldie's character like kind of made fun of her for it when she was a kid mm-hmm. like she acted like she wasn't good enough to come to her house and stuff right something like that I don't know um <clears throat> but they make up here so now the two of them are basically best friends like they're like, okay, we got that out of the way. Now we could actually legitimately be friends. Mm-hmm. And they have Bruce. They're like, we need to keep him around so that he could uh, keep our makeup and our appearances up. Right? Right. So he fixes him up, but he's like, look, I'm going to do this for you, and then I'm out. I'm leaving. And uh, so they try to they try to poison him, knock him out. Not like poison, poison, but try to knock him out with a drink. He's not drinking the drink, so they hit him over the head with some vases. I think it was just one vase. I thought they both knocked him out with a vase separately. Oh, you might maybe you're right. Yeah. And then he wakes up at the witch doctor's house. Is that what you're calling her? <laughs> I don't know what she is. I got very like vampiric vibes. Yeah. It what? was the whole movie was like they were vampires, except that there wasn't any blood blood involved or sharp teeth the dog lady with the breastplate um her name is liesel liesel and he's confused and she pricks his finger and he he makes a sound Mm -hmm. (laughs) no (laughs) but i feel like at this point she wants him to take she wants him to drink the potion because he's really good at making he's really good with makeup and stuff Right? She wants him to be all the dead people who are alive surgeon. Yeah. yeah. And 
I feel like at this point, though, she gets a little too intense when she wants him to drink. Because she's basically like mad scientists laughing and like, drink it. Ah. Mm-hmm. When he's a, and he's like, ah, this is a little too intense. He's like, for me. you want like, me to do what for forever? No. Yeah. He's like, well, he's basically like, I don't want to have to be around those two forever. That's it's what not it boils down. Though it's all of it. Yeah. You know, like she's saying, like you can help us forever, and he's like, mm mm. Mm-hmm. Like this is weird. And my next note is hell of a throw with that knife. Who threw the knife? Bruce. He grabs the, the little dagger and he throws it all the way across the room and hits like the emergency, like whatever emergency button that was to make like an alarm go off or something. Yep. That was a hell of a throw. I wonder why he started doing nothing but action movies after this. <laughs> and then he's like going through the party and we see people like, he bumps into people like Andy Warhol and Marilyn Monroe. We see Elvis. and, mm-hmm. and I didn't see Marilyn. He, she was talking to Andy Warhol. Okay. And then um, he's trying to escape. He goes upstairs. He runs back into the dogs. Dogs chase him into like a elevator, which he takes up to the roof. Mm-hmm. And um, my next note is that's one hell of a rooftop. It's basically like the top of a castle. Yeah. And he's trying to escape. Of course, it's stormy and rainy and everything. And he slips on the roof and he, then he's dangling from a gutter. Mm-hmm. And he still has a potion. Like, drink the potion, drink the potion. He's like, nah, I'm not drinking this potion. And he drops the potion and he's basically like, all right, I'm at peace now. I'm ready to die. And he slips off the gutter and he falls into the swimming pool. Right. He feels, There's like a glass roof with the Michelangelo... Painting on the top. Mm-hmm. The, it's like the creation or something. It's the one where God is touching Adam's finger. Yeah. And then in the pool area, what who I thought might have been Mick Jagger was in there. I think that's right. I think it was Mick Jagger in there. And then when he's out by the cars, I believe it is, outside we see Dean Martin. I don't know who that is. The name's familiar. Dean Martin, the actor who died, the famous actor who died in a car crash way back in the day. Okay. Um, but anyway, and then he gets away, and it we cut to 37 years later. This that big time jump. Remember what you said, 2029? Right. We're almost to the end now. And then um, we're at his funeral. Right. We're at... Dr. Ernest Menville's Bruce Willis's funeral. Mm-hmm. And he has lived a totally different life since then. Um, there's a line that the pastor says that he, Ernest, used to say that life really starts at 50. And. He's like, well, we don't know much about him before, before then, that, yeah. so but, I guess for him it's true. But but he said that he would tell wise tale or like he would tell stories of like the undead living in Los yeah, Angeles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but they're basically like he lived an amazing life after that. Mm. Like, and they're really pushed the fact that like everything he accomplished, he'll really be 
like eternal with everything they accomplish. Right. And then um, they're the the two um, Helen and Madeline are in the back, just basically laughing and like, "Oh, this is a joke." And then they leave, and we catch them outside, and we find out that they're just completely falling apart. Mm-hmm. Like, they fall down the stairs. Yeah, yeah. Actually. Helen starts to fall down the stairs, and then Meryl Streep, Madeline, pushes her the same way that Dr. Ernest had pushed her down the stairs. And the way they fall is, like, pretty... It's just so funny, because they're wearing their pumps, and they are just, like, teetering on the top edge for hours before somebody pushes them. (laughs) And then, so... Mad pushes Helen, and then Helen grabs her, so they both fall down. And their bodies just completely fall apart. And that is the end of the movie. Well, it's not... I mean, Helen asks Mad if she remembers where they parked the car. Oh, yeah. While their heads are just spinning, like, upside down, or their heads are just spinning on the ground. Yeah. I liked that line, because it reminded me of Dude, Where's My Car?, that's classic. <laughs> That's where my brain went. I also want to say, though, like earlier in the movie, I liked the line that uh, Liesl said about how there are creatures of the spring that made no sense, but I still liked it. Hmm. Fair enough. She said she follows the spring. Yeah. I just got into town. I follow the spring. We're creatures of the string. Spring, you and I. <laughs> I said string. It's pretty late. It is late, and I'm... Yeah, I, I'm getting tired. I can't talk straight. Now the movie's <laughs> over. Yes, let's continue on. We're almost done. Home stretch. Do, 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 do. Google Play reviews. Every time you do that, you make a face, and it's so cute, and I never <laughs> expect it. I for, Yeah, it's good. <clears throat> Goldie, Merle, and Bruce are hysterical in this dark comedy about vanity and the price one will pay to look young forever. Awesome CGI effects for 1992. Cult classic. Five stars. One thing I will give this movie is that it makes you want to not have eternal life. <laughs> yeah, it does, definitely does paint it in a pretty pretty light, right? It's not just that, but like just the people that they are is like so atrocious. Anyway, continue. I've loved this movie from the tome I was a kid. And throughout the years, I still watch it to this day. I know the lines from beginning to end and back. Love this movie. It's just awesome. Five stars. I don't want to be friends with that person. (laughs) Seems pretty philosophical. Uneasy to understand right away what the whole film tried to express. Four stars. And then I'd like to do a couple negative reviews. So here's a negative review. Movie never played. It only stayed on buffer and screen. One star. (laughs) (laughs) Did not enjoy it. One star. No two stars. No three stars. The rest are four and five. People love this movie. Here's one last five star. Old as hell. Pretty good. Four stars. That's a really good review. I like that review because it's a play on the movie. All right, Anna, what what is our five 
What, what is our star? What would you rank this movie out of five stars? I give it two out of five stars. Two. Yep. Two. Whoa. It might be my, lo- my lowest rating so far. That is your lowest rating so far. The it reason is. is that I... The funny thing is, like, while we were watching it, there have been other movies we watched that I really felt like dragged, and this movie did not drag. I was entertained the whole time. Okay. I just didn't like any of the characters or the story. I did not like this movie. I could not empathize with any of it. So, it's just my opinion. I'm. I know that there are people who probably really love this movie yeah and i'm sorry to them but it's just not for me i am not sorry that i watched it i i'm glad i watched it i just never want to watch it again (laughs) fair enough fair enough um yeah i forget do we do half stars is that a thing with us no no i'm not doing half stars okay if we're just doing solid stars I will give this three stars. Like, it's okay. That's my three star. Mm-hmm. My three star is it's okay. Uh, yeah. Okay to good is my three star. The reason like, I, four stars, great. Five stars, amazing. The reason I said two stars is because I kind of look at the stars as points almost. Yeah. And it was entertaining, one star, and it did make me laugh at certain points. So okay. I feel like those are kind of my reasons. Fair enough, fair enough. I'd give it three stars. I thought it was a good movie. Not great. I don't care to ever watch it again like Anna had its weak points. I Obviously, some parts hit with me that didn't hit with Anna, like some of the comedy and stuff. Um, so, yeah. There were parts that made me cringe. Like because it was so bad or cheesy or just like gross or... I was like slightly grossed out. Yeah. But not in like a not in like a really grossed out way, just in like an you <laughs> kind right, of Anna. way. It's time for who's your favorite character? Nobody. Nobody? You have to pick. You have to pick somebody. I'm going to choose the character named Anna that was in the movie for two seconds Michelle Johnson Anna (laughs) come on now (laughs) gotta pick one of the core casts at least somebody that had a little screen time even even if it's uh, uh, the witch doctor like somebody who had some screen time can I choose Mick Jagger no (laughs) can't choose Mick Mick Jagger. <laughs> um, I mean, this cast is actually pretty small. Mm-hmm. All right. I have to think about it. I mean, last week's episode, I wasn't like, well, I mean, if I have to pick one, I'll pick this person. Who's your favorite? And Bruce Willis's character. You know who my favorite character is? Yeah. The Dobermans. I'll, I'll, I'll allow that. <laughs> I'll allow that. They they help the they help the plot move forward. Uh huh. Yeah. 
How about that? <laughs> that's how uh, that's how little I connected with this movie, guys. I, I normally am so excited to choose a favorite character, but this one is not at all. I just no. No man, we're yawning. Remake. There's this what? is the remake section. I'm not saying they're making a remake. Okay. But this is the section where we. Are they making a remake? Have they done any of the blah, 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 blah? Up to this point, there was a rumor floating around, but it, that rumor appears to just be a fabrication. So as of right now, no remakes or sequels or anything of any kind with this movie. It's mm. just, it is what it is. Um, I feel like if there's not one, you don't need to say it, though. I just feel like we should hit the... Hit all the points. But it's really what not are we a point because there isn't a remake. Well, yeah, but I still got to talk about the category. I can't skip categories. You can if they're irrelevant. No, because of what if somebody's like, hey, you missed this category. Then we tell they're them actually, it was irrelevant. Well, Let's talk about that one when we're more awake. What are we currently into, Anna? Well, now we're into Severance. Severance. We're both watching Severance. I want to watch Coda. Yeah. I'm kind of procrastinating on it for some reason, but I really want to watch it. Yeah, I haven't really been like... Nothing really new for me from last week. I haven't had much time to take in anything, really. Yeah. You know? been so busy our life is just like parenting working working more one fun thing we did was when we went to the beach on the car ride there but it's like a two-hour long car ride for us uh anna brought a bunch of old mixed cds so yeah CDs that from like the beginning of our relationship 13 years back ago. where we were you cds yeah. Right. Yeah, we don't even use CDs anymore. <laughs> but, but I uh, brought them. Well, we've been cleaning that, that stuff. You know, things we don't use anymore, we've been kind of getting rid of. So mm-hmm. um, I brought a handful of them just to be like, hey, what's on this? Let's find out. And it turns out our music tastes have changed quite a bit. Oh, yeah. A lot. A lot. Both of us. I feel like... 70% of the songs I had on those mixes were like R&B. Mm-hmm. We belted out some of them, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Angel of Mine. We both sang that song. Oh, yeah. Classics. Some I added of them it to classic. my Spotify playlist. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess, I mean, we just both started se- We both started Severance tonight. Mm-hmm. I watched two and a half episodes. I'm probably going to finish it before I go to bed, the last one. I was only able to watch one episode. Because I was watching it while working, so I had to work. Yeah. But. It's intriguing. Yeah, that's a new thing. So, update on that Ben next Stiller week. did it. Ben, yeah, I know that. I know that. That's pretty cool. I like Ben Stiller as a director. Yeah, I do too. You know, Secret Life of Walter Mitty, which I think is underrated. Same. Um, yeah, and so far this is pretty good. All right, Anna. This is it. We've reached the finale. What is our movie for next week? I have chosen 
Ooh, the anticipation. Mr. Mom. <laughs> Mr. Mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I've never Why seen it. Mr. Mom. Because I was having a really hard time choosing my movie this week, and I asked a friend for help, and they suggested this one. 1983's Mr. Mom. They told me a couple of like quotes from it, and the quotes made me laugh, so I was like, you know what? Let's do this one. I you, hope we can find it to watch. You know, you know, you know how with like Robert Pattinson, mm-hmm. people are like, what, Twilight Boy being Batman? Mm-hmm. When Michael Keaton was cast as Batman, 1989 Batman, people were like, what, Mr. Mom is Batman? <laughs> that was a thing. So well, I, I'm looking forward to this, honestly. This is going to be it? awesome. It's freaking written by John Hughes. Have you seen it? <sighs> not that I remember. I definitely have not. I feel like I have seen it years and years and years and years ago. But I can't say for sure if I have. So it's going to be fresh to me regardless. I basically have no clue what it's about except what the title implies. Yeah. So I'm excited to watch it. The quote that Jessica told me was... Um, you gave a baby chili, <laughs> and I t- I asked her like, was there poop everywhere? And she was like, this smells everywhere. So that's what convinced me that we needed to watch this movie. And that's what it's gonna be on next week's classic movie night. You mean classic movie night? No, I mean classic. On our current logo, there's a there's an explanation point at the end of classic. <laughs> <laughs> there's not anymore though, right? I don't know. Did, did you I, change it? I, I think you changed that. I don't know. Let me look real quick. We could probably do this part offline, but um, you just no, made it's, it. It's still on there. Let me because see. Because that's the name of the pod. The name of the podcast. See? Right. It's part of it. It's just it is what it is. I don't know why I did that originally, but I did that. That's a thing. Okay. It's exciting. Yes. Girls, we're hyped for classic movies. Yes. Like yes. Mr. Mom. Mr. Mom and Death Becomes Her. <laughs> <laughs> this is also... We're definitely Mr. Mom is a 90s movie, too. I was thinking after no, this, maybe we could go back a little further. It's 80s. 83. Oh, it is? Yeah. Okay. The back of uh, her, I was looking at her VHS tape and it had a different date on the back. Mm, that's so. probably, yeah, I probably just like, because they didn't have VHSs in 83, so. They didn't? No, they used like, what, beta tapes in 83 or something. I don't think VHSs were like standard home VHS. They might have very early versions of it or something, but. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think that was much of a thing then. There's projectors? Projectors were things. Hang on. Okay. We're doing some research. First. Oops. <laughs> he tried to spell first with a U first instead of an I. V-A-S. <laughs> what does that say? That says. So the first ever was released in 1976. So when did it become. When did VHS. Become it's right there. It's the top one. 
and early eighties. So okay, I guess by this this time they were they were out there. I was wrong. But now we know the late seventies I mean, and early eighties was when VHS was invented. But I mean, well, when it became in the popular. early eighties, it still cost almost four hundred dollars for a VHS cassette player. So it probably wasn't like super popular. Either way, that's neither here yeah, nor there. Back then, that's a lot of money too. Yeah, that's like a thousand dollars now. Yeah, pretty much. So next week, Mister Bomb, I think we should wrap this up. Yeah. Say bye. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Meet Dad. He's a real man. Got a beer? Seven o'clock in the morning. Scotch? An all-out go-getter. But when his job pulled the plug on him... I'm fine. They threw a switch. Good luck. And he became the lady of the house. It sure looks like he got a terrific deal. Honey, if you call and I'm not here, I'll be at the gym or at the gun club. Exercise and relaxation. Good home cooking. Arts and crafts. Kenny! Don't paint your sister! And fun and games with the neighbors. Are these any good? We've got two pair. We've got plenty. That's when he was forced to face the bare facts. Huh? His new job is a mother. Michael Keaton. Where's Bobby? Keep the extra diapers. And Terry Gar in Mr. Mom, a mother of a comedy.